Bertrand Russell once said, the only thing that will redeem mankind is cooperation. Keep this in mind as we discuss today the upcoming visit of President Biden to Saudi Arabia and what it means geopolitically and economically. My name is Dr. David Wallalu. And my name is Dr. Ross Stewart. And you are watching Geopolitics in Conflict. We have a most interesting topic today, David. President Biden is breaking with a lot of, a lot of his statements from the past, and he's actually going to visit Saudi Arabia. And we're going to take, do a deep dive into what that really means. Yeah, I know whoever thought that all of a sudden uh, president is going to be traveling to none other than Saudi Arabia. But here's the thing, Rod. The trip, which, by the way, is not confirmed 100%. The reason why we wanted to do a video on it is to provide that at least the framework of what it means and why. You know, because there are a lot of questions. Some have said he shouldn't go at all. A lot of people yeah. said that. Yeah, and others saying, no, he should go so he can beg for oil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and we know that's what it is. Yeah. Because of the, when, he, when the White House called Saudi Arabia, I think it was twice, yeah. they refused to talk to the they president. They hung up the phone. They hung the phone on him. Which is, was a slap in the face, politically speaking. Uh, yeah, it, it was really, really questionable to that. Time. Well, of course, the trip, uh, we come on the heels of President Biden going to Europe, to, to attend the NATO summit. So, that just tells you, is the president going on a tour of diplomacy, shall we say, because of US credibility or lack thereof? Yes. Or are these driven, are both the trips to summit to NATO and Saudi Arabia, driven by oil prices? <laughs> we all know how the prices are, not only here in the US, but even for you, whatever part of the world you are in. So, so what we're going to do, uh, Russ, is I'm going to go to the whiteboard and provide a breakdown on what it all means. Then we'll convene back here and talk a little bit more. Okay. Shall we? Let's do that. All right. Let's go to the whiteboard. If the current geopolitical events, collapsing financial markets, crumbling economy, social unrest, overall chaos, and promise of the new world order has you wondering if the whole world has gone insane. You are right. There is something unsettling about it all. Deep down, you're feeling it. We all do. Do you understand how this all impacts you? Do you have a strategy on how to deal with it all? In this year-long training course, you will learn and acquire geopolitical analyst skills and human behavior techniques to thrive personally and to build a thinking and peaceful global community. We use current significant world event as a training tool to help you learn the same techniques we have developed and learned over many decades of experience. The emphasis is on factual and biased information and disclosing how we came to our findings. You can't separate human behavior and psychology from what's happening in the world. We give you the skills and techniques to understand the real intentions behind what people are saying and doing so that you can get to the truth faster. The purpose is to give you the tools to understand what's happening, 
to predict what the implications of events might be and to help you in your decision-making process. This program is a 24-session series, two per month for 12 months, plus bonuses. It includes... How does a geopolitical analyst find little-known information, process it, and come to useful, actionable decision? How do human behavior and psychology experts assess and understand other people's true intentions and act in a way that protects them and others? If you want a deep understanding as to what's going on, it is time to act. And this is your opportunity. Sign up with the link below. All right, as I, as I said, I'm gonna break down uh, to you what this trip means and, and how to think about it from a global perspective. So the upcoming trip of the president to Saudi Arabia will have to be taken into consideration with other events that's taking place or they're gonna be taking place. So as I always say, as a geopolitical analyst, you're gonna have to look at the trends and trends usually gives you a clues as to where things are headed. So that's why a trip like this is not a random, just because President of the United States cares for Saudi Arabia. That's not the case. So, so what we're going to do here is we're going to break it down to three sections. I'm going to talk about the geopolitical landscape. Okay? Geopolitical landscape. I'm going to talk about global economy. Okay? And I'm going to talk about finance, global finance. Because it's very important to understand those dynamics to put the trip within the proper context. So for the global, um, I'm sorry, for the geopolitical landscape, we're going to be looking at, uh, let me get this one here. We'll be looking at the EU, the Middle East, Latin America, okay, Africa, and what it all means. So for the EU, just to put, this within the context, the president prior to going to Saudi Arabia is going to make stop in Europe. Why in Europe? It's because the upcoming summit of NATO. And we all know what it means without going more into the, the, that one. Because NATO is going to basically say how great, how united Europe and the world is and all that stuff. That's not our point. But that's why the president is going to make stop in Europe. The second issue regarding the geopolitical landscape in Europe has to do with energy. So why is this important? It is important because there was a report this morning, and I'll put a post a link for you guys to see it, that despite the U.S. and Western sanctions on, on uh, Russian energy, Russia is making about $800 million a day and is expected to make more money this year in 2022 than it did in 2021. I, I did post a tweet on it, so if you want to check out my tweet, you'll see that one there. So that's what's the interesting thing about it. So there's a third element into this, and it has to do with the cracks that's now showing up in the European economy. For example, UK, poverty and homelessness is going up in UK. As a matter of fact, the uh, uh, inspector general of UK told the police not to arrest people who are stealing food because they have to survive. Germany has already social 
uh, tensions start to broil because people are feeling now the economic pinch of the failed policies of its current chancellor, Olaf Scholz. Okay, so that's for Europe. For the Middle East, you're going to have to think in terms of the geopolitical uh, landscape in the Middle East. Well, of course, there are two main events in the Middle East. One of them has to do with the uh, recent decision by the, the International uh, Atomic Energy Agency, the IEEA, decision to uh, condemn Iran about some violations regarding its nuclear program. Well, basically, the IEEA was pressured by the West to come up with that report. So in return, Iran ended up shutting down 25 cameras. No. I'm not surprised. Why? Because as I argued in my Iran book, it's called Volatile State, Iran in the Nuclear Age. I argued there that Iran could take the path where it will shut down all the cooperation with the IAEA, which seems to be moving that direction. So that's one. The other issue has to do with Turkey. Well, Turkey had tensions with Greece, you know. Okay? Turkey being where it is, is very, very in a strategic location. And that's what trying to figure out because Turkey now is targeting the Kurds in northern Iraq and some of them in Syria as well. So you can just see the dynamics in, in the Middle East. Uh, geopolitical landscape, landscape will play a role into that. Let's move on to Latin America. Well, the main thing with Latin America has to do with the ongoing uh, the Summit of Americas, which is taking place uh, uh, took place between 6th and the 10th uh, of June in LA, in California. You know. But what was imp in, in, important about this is that some countries, like Mexico, a major player, is not even attending the summit. Their president, Obrador, said, no, I'm not coming, because the U.S. didn't invited uh, uh, Venezuela, uh, I think uh, Honduras, and Cuba. Well, if you are calling it the summits of Americas, which means North, Central, and South America, that means everybody should be invited. Just because you have a diplomatic role or uh, tensions with a country doesn't mean that country cannot be invited to attend the summit. So Brazil didn't attend. As a matter of fact, some countries, uh, uh, half of those countries sent just a lower delegation, which is bad, politically speaking, if you look that under the microscope. So, okay. And that leaves us with, of course, Africa. In Africa, you have now the United States establishing a military presence in Somalia. Yeah, it's official as of today. So that's changing the dynamics uh, uh, within Africa. Let alone, you got also now tensions between Algeria and Spain. They have some tensions that just came up to the point that they're cutting off trade between each other. And that's very, very, very problematic. The last one is Asia. Why is that important? Of course it is important. It's because you have to consider U.S.-China tensions, Australia China tensions, okay? And also what's taking place now with ASEAN countries, some Asian countries that are saying, 
They don't want to be dragged into the tensions that exist uh, because the United States is uh, asking some Asian countries to allow a military presence there. You know. And this also came uh, in response to uh, a recent information coming up that China has been building a secret military presence in Cambodia. You know. At least for me personally, when I was in Cambodia a couple of years ago, I didn't see any signs there, and I went to Phnom Penh, uh, talked to some locals there, I didn't see any, any indication to that. But there are now uh, uh, revelations coming up, and I'm going to look into that personally, that China is indeed building uh, a secret, or has been building a secret military presence in Cambodia. I don't know how accurate that is. So, so that is the understanding the geopolitical landscape within the context of the upcoming trip of the president will give you a perspective in understanding where things are headed. So, okay, let's move on to the economic sector. Why is this tri trip is important to the United States? Yeah, is it important to the world? No, <laughs> it is important to the United States. Well, basically this one tied to oil. I am sure whatever part of the world you're in, you noticed oil prices are up. As a matter of fact, when I was driving to the studio, I noticed that oil prices here is about $4.69. I never thought I will ever, ever see oil prices that high. In California, it's about $7.29 a gallon. So the president basically is President Biden is going to Saudi Arabia to beg for oil. Why? Because Saudi Arabia is a major oil producer. They have a lot of oil. There is no denial on that. You know. The question becomes, will Saudi Arabia sort of say yes to Biden? I have my doubts. And the reason why I have my doubts is because only about a month ago, President Biden... Okay? called Saudi Arabia twice, and they hang up the phone on him. That, to me, it's an indication for why that is. Well, also, because economically speaking, if the oil prices don't come down, that's now going to impact not only the economy of all of uh, here in the U.S., but also the domestic politics, you know. Because remember, in America, at least, I can't speak for other countries how they operate, whatever. In the U.S., you know, people sometimes tend to vote with their pockets. If the economy is impacting my pockets, I am not voting for whomever. Whoever's going to sort of create a good economic conditions, that's how people vote here. You know, sad to say, uh, some of us, not all, of course, I shall not generalize, some of us Americans are not informed, so we don't understand because it's by design that the media wants things to be the way they are. But also, you don't just blame media or government, you blame people also. People are not making the efforts to learn about the issues. So why blame others quickly? It's easy to shift the blame. We shouldn't be doing that. But anyway, that is the whole reason for why President Biden is going over there. So economically speaking, he needs to have oil prices down. Especially with the midterm coming up soon. Uh, but I don't think so it's going to happen. 
you know. And, and this is where the problem now, because Americans now are struggling, you know, to drive your car to work. You have to put gas in your car. The cost of it, you have to, when you do that, you have to, it's like when budgeting, you have to cut from certain other areas. Well, to the point now where American families, not all, of course, I shall not generalize, but majority are debating, do I buy food, dinner, or do I put gas in my car? A rich country like ours, citizens shouldn't be put into that position to begin with. But that also a reflection of the poor policies that we are embarking on. So, that's part of what it is. But economically, it's not only about the United States, it is also about the global economy. Why? Because there is now a concern around the world regarding oil supplies, given that the sanctions on Russia, on Russian oil. Because Russian oil adds to the global market, of course. You can't deny that. So this is why the United States end up having to ask Venezuela a couple months ago to increase production. Well, how, what do you expect? You are sanctioning a country and expected to cooperate? That just doesn't make any sense. And, and, and it's, if I may be straightforward, is laughable. And that becomes a question of what are the guarantees that the pres uh, President Biden's trip to Saudi Arabia will, will achieve its objective from an economic perspective? I'll talk about this later. Financially, why is that important? Once again, it is tied to the U.S. dollar. There is now a concern in the United States about the U.S. dollar's ability to maintain its dominance. Yes, there are those who say the U.S. dollar will always be strong. Yes, it is a strong currency. You know, it's not going to be replaced overnight. Let's just be straightforward about this. It's going to take time for whatever is going to replace it. However, you're already seeing signs for where things are headed. You take, for example, despite the sanctions imposed by the United States and the U.S. on Russian oil, you have India okay, and China continue to purchase Russian oil. Paying for it with what? The U.S. dollar? No. They're paying in their own currency, the rupees and the yuan. This is one of the concerns President Biden is going to be addressing with the Saudis. Why is this? It's because from a financial perspective, most, I would say most, 90% maybe, uh, most if uh, oil transactions, global one, are done or performed or transact in the U.S. dollar. Now, you have Saudi Arabia that has been talking to China about a possibility of accepting the yuan currency. And why is this important? It is important because China is a major consuming market of energy that's going to be for the next 20 years. As a matter of fact, some uh, stats that I looked at uh, suggest that by 2030, which is only, what, three years from now, 
uh, I mean, seven years from now, it's going to be consuming about 16 million barrels a day. Here in the U.S., we consume about uh, almost 20 million. So between the U.S. and China, uh, there's about, what, 31, 32 million barrels a day. So you can just see where the concern from the United States perspective that if Saudi Arabia agrees to accept payments from China in the yuan, what that's going to do to the U.S. dollar. That is the major concern about all this. So. And mind you that, as I mentioned earlier, India and China are already importing oil from Russia and paying in their own currencies. And this is why the buildup of the next financial infrastructure is moving towards staying away from the SWIFT, SWIFT system, in other words, bypass the U.S. dollar altogether. So, President Biden's upcoming trip to Saudi Arabia is going to be addressing this issue behind the scenes. Okay? All right. Now, of course, we can't just talk about all this. We're going to have to talk about the counter-argument. Those who say the president shouldn't go to Saudi Arabia. Why? Because of Saudi Arabia's human rights abuses and so forth. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> You know, what am I referring to here? I'm referring here to the uh, assassination of the journalist Jamal Khashoggi back in 2018. Well, it's important because back then, candidate Biden stated that the Saudis officials who were involved in this should be brought to justice. As a matter of fact, and, and, and it's not a classified, the U.S. intelligence community did find out that MBS, Mohammed bin Salman, has ordered, gave the order for the killing, the barbaric killing of Jamal Khashoggi. So now all of a sudden, President Biden is going to be sitting down with the MBS. You know, I'm not here to judge. I'm just here to provide facts. I'll let you reach your own conclusion. The other issue has to do with Saudi Arabia. Sits on the UN, on the UN Council of Human Rights. Well, if you have a country that has human rights abuses, that sits on the Human Rights Council, uh, there is a problem with that. So it becomes the question for the United States is credibility. And I can I don't know whether the president is going to move forward with sitting down with the MBS and grant him the audience because the global optics of it, we can't deny that. On the other hand, Saudis know they are in a far powerful position because of the need of oil for the United States. So they can sort of play it any direction they want. And if they don't even want to give oil to the U.S., China and India are big markets. So this is what I wanted to break down for you. What does this trip mean? So you can have an understanding of why certain decisions I made as they tied to the global geopolitical landscape. You know, after looking at all these factors, the real oper operative question here is, is it going to make a difference to the American people or people worldwide at the gas pump? And that's the million-dollar question, Ross, because there are no guarantees. 
that the Saudis will increase production of oil or the price is going to go down just because the president of the United States visited Saudi Arabia. I mean, uh, let's be realistic, you know. Uh, how this is going to impact your pocket? Not much. And not in the short term anyway. No. Because they still have to ramp up production. Yeah, but I, I doubt it they will go beyond what... Because they're looking at their own interest. And now they have other markets that they can consider. So. Oh, you mean China? China. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So this is what I wanted to share with you. I hope you find it informative and look forward to seeing you next time. As always, stay informed. Till next time. Bye-bye.